Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia Yaglova. Once again, it's finally Friday, but before I send you off to enjoy the weekend, let's talk taxes. Politicians have a habit of worrying about the tax gap, today estimated to be at $290 billion, or 14% of total taxes owed. In the latest Tax and Budget Bulletin, Cato Senior Fellow Daniel Mitchell explains that closing the tax gap through draconian additions to the tax code is simply unnecessary. Could you tell me why we're always hearing politicians fussing about the tax gap? The tax gap is an estimate of unpaid taxes owed by American taxpayers. It's concocted by the IRS. I have my suspicions about the tax gap. The IRS obviously has an incentive to exaggerate it and make it seem like there's all these taxes out there that people aren't paying. The estimate is basically about $300 billion a year. Take it with a grain of salt, but there definitely are some taxes owed that aren't paid. How large is the net tax gap today? Well, again, they do say it's about $300 billion a year. That's a bit over 10% of the taxes that are supposed to be paid that supposedly aren't being paid. Again, I have a lot of doubts about whether the IRS can be trusted to produce an unbiased estimate. As a matter of fact, if you look at some of the IRS research and publications and the Treasury Department publications and analysis on this, it turns out that a lot of this is extremely speculative. They sort of extrapolate based on audit rates and things like that. Again, the notion isn't that there's no tax evasion out there in America, but whether the IRS can be trusted to give us a good, solid reading of what it is, that's a separate question. How large is this gap compared to that of other countries? Well, again, we have the challenge that it's very difficult to come up with accurate estimates, but economists who have looked at cross-country research on this issue, and they base it on all these things like the amount of currency in private hands, on things like electricity consumption. There are these formulas that they use. And when you look at that data, the U.S. has one of the smallest so-called tax gaps in the world. Matter of fact, I'm sure that the European versions of the IRS, they look at us and they're green with envy because our tax gap is so small. So the notion that this is a crisis is nonsense. This is politicians agitating because they want to give more money to the IRS so the IRS can try to squeeze more money out of American taxpayers. When you hear a politician talking about a tax gap, you're hearing a politician really saying, I want the IRS to be bigger and more powerful. And when you do look at this international data, another thing that comes across at you is that there's a big function between tax rates and tax collections. The higher your tax rate, the more tax evasion you have for the simple reason, of course, that it pays you to evade when the tax rate is too high. So if we want to have less evasion, we want to be more like Hong Kong and Switzerland and some of the low-tax countries in the world. You look at countries like France and Germany and Sweden, and you find higher levels of tax evasion. So it really is the tax rate being the driving factor in tax evasion. When tax rates are high, people don't like to pay 50%, 60% of their income to the government. But when tax rates are low, say 15 or 20%, then people by and large say, well, government might be wasting money, but I can live with that amount. Well, wait a minute. Why not just crack down on the tax code to close the gap? Well, the question is, how much blood can you squeeze out of the stone? America already has one of the lowest, if not the lowest, so-called tax gap in the world. Now, we can probably collect more money, 
But do we really want to put an IRS agent in every small business in the country? Because that's where a lot of the so-called tax gap supposedly comes from, is small businesses that can intermingle personal and business costs within one budget. And the IRS seems to think that every small business in America is a tax evader. So yes, if we dramatically reduced privacy, if we dramatically restricted civil liberties, we could probably reduce the tax gap from the already small level it's at now. We could make it even smaller. But the question is, at what cost? Yes, having an IRS agent in every small business in America, we'd probably collect more money, but would it pay for the salaries of these overpaid IRS agents? That's very, very doubtful. And so we do have to consider a cost-benefit analysis and whether or not more IRS power, more IRS snooping, whether that's the right approach. Let's remember one thing. Right now, if you go out and commit murder, the system presumes that you are innocent until proven guilty. When the IRS sends you some computer-generated form, you're presumed guilty till you prove yourself innocent. So we already make a mockery of the Constitution when we're dealing with tax issues. Do we really want to give the IRS even more of a thumb on the scale and tilt the playing field in their direction? Are you against the IRS receiving more funding to address this issue? We already are spending $10 billion on the IRS, and even IRS research shows that there's no real relationship between audit rates and compliance. Again, compliance is a function of tax rates. If tax rates are high, people have an incentive to hide their money from the government. If tax rates are low, even though people probably still think the government's wasting money, they're going to figure, well, I'm not going to bother cheating if I only have to pay 15% to the government. But when the rates are high... That's the problem. So having a system of high tax rates and a more intrusive, more burdensome IRS, that to me is a very bad combination. That's trying to make us more like Germany or France or something like that. What would be a healthier way to address the tax gap? I think low tax rates and fundamental tax reform are the best way of dealing with the tax gap. The tax gap is overestimated. The politicians are exaggerating immensely because they want more money in IRS power But there is some tax evasion in the country, no doubt, and the question is, how do we address it? If we go with something like a low-rate, simple and fair, flat tax, who's going to bother trying to cheat when you're only having to pay 15, 17, 19 percent, and when your entire tax code is just a postcard-sized form? What's the value of cheating? And then when you look at certain aspects of the flat tax, such as the fact that capital income, things like interest and dividends, those are withheld and paid at the business level. So you don't have to worry about the IRS tracking down millions of shareholders and bondholders and account holders around the country. There are so many things in a flat tax that make it very, very good for compliance and reducing the incentives that people have to evade. And again, that's what we see in all the academic literature. It is a function of tax rates. If you have a high tax rate system, we can make the IRS even more burdensome, more powerful, more intrusive. Our lives will be less free. That's not what we want. Let's lower tax rates, give people a reason to think that it's not worth trying to game the system at all, and we'll have the benefits of both more economic growth and greater tax compliance. The majority of support for the Cato Institute's work comes from individuals, and Cato depends solely on tax-deductible contributions to provide the public with a wealth of free resources, including this podcast. We hope you'll consider supporting or even joining Cato. For information, please go to www.cato.org.